Okay, B'Shem Hashem Na'aseh V'Natziach. We are starting the uh, third class on the series about Joshua. And it was so heartwarming that I got a good feedback from a couple of people. It's so important to give people good news that uh, people are enjoying the classes. It, it, the people that prepare the classes, like, ah, it gives us chizuk. Everybody needs chizuk in this world. Everybody needs a pat on the back. Okay, today's class is about Joshua preparing the Jews from, uh, to do what? To go into the land of Israel. We know that on the 7th of Nisan, in the year Four hundred two thousand four hundred eighty-eight. It was one of the most glorious days of Jewish history. It was the day that the Jews were going to get ready on the tenth of Nisan. This is the fortieth year that they came out of Egypt to enter the Holy Land of Israel. Now, I want to let you know something very important. Joshua gave this duty to the Shotrim. We know that there's two type of people in the land of Israel that are called Shoftim Veshotrim. The Shoftim is the Jewish Supreme Court or the any court, higher court, lawyer court. We know there's Sanhedre Gedola, Sanhedre Ketana. But who are the Shotrim? Like in modern Hebrew, Shoter is a policeman. There always needs to be somebody that makes sure the Betin, the law of the land, is what? carried out. So the Shotrim t- told the Jews, just like Moses, Moshe and Aharon, is very interesting that history repeats itself. Guys, think, when was the last time that the Jews had to prepare for three days before they got something? When they got the Torah. When the Jews got the Torah, they had to prepare and were literally, tonight is the 40th day of the Omer, so, we, uh, we, what happens is, is just, we're literally seven days, one week away from the same time that the Jews had to prepare to accept the Torah. Guys, I want to let you know something very important. It says in the Zohar, to do a sin, you don't need any preparation. It's like instant gratification. It's like, it's like going to the bathroom. But to able to meditate and do something good to connect with your Creator. You know how hard it is that when we pray Shmona Esrei, can we get to the angelic level that we take off our body. So the same thing is, Israel is the holiest thing after the Torah. Make no mistake. Up to half of the mitzvahs of the Torah, or 40%, of the mitzvahs of the Torah have a direct connection with the Holy Land of Israel. So therefore, the Maharal and all the Mepharshim say, just like the Jews needed to prepare three days, they were not allowed to sleep with their wives, you know? Like, um, Thursday night is Shavuot next week, the Jews had to separate from their wives for three days to accept the Torah. Well, guess what? The next holiest thing that we Jews got as a 
tremendous gift from God is the Holy Land of Israel. Eretz Chemda Tova. Joshua also told the Jews, prepare your souls, because you are about to enter the land where even Moshe Rabbeinu prayed 515 times. He begged his heart out, but he was not able to enter the land of Israel. And you guys are able to enter that holy land. So therefore, appreciate it, prepare your neshama, prepare your soul, so you could... Um, by the way, this is why every time we pray, we Persians, we say, Patach Eliohan Navi. We say, Lam we say, Korbanot, we say, Ashrei. The Kafachaim explains, the reason for that is very simple, is because in order to be able to get to the high level of meditation, to forget all your problems and connect properly with God, you need to first prepare yourself. Say l'shem Say the patach eliyahu. Same thing here. Joshua was warning the Jews, prepare yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, because we're going to about to enter the land of Israel. And guess what? The Midrash says there was a second reason the Jews had to prepare. And that is, they had to be prepared to go to war. Again, we see a fascinating similarity between this and the Jews leaving Egypt. When the Jews left Egypt, it says, V'chamushim alu b'nei Yisrael me'eretz mitzayim. The Jews went up armed. Which, same thing here. Joshua said, God is going to do miracles. But we know that we always have to do hishtadlut. We always have to take precautions. So, the greatest mitzvah that Joshua did and the greatest favor that he did for the nation of Israel was that he conquered the, the land of Israel for us. But he was warning the Jewish men that you guys are going to be part of the army. And the 40 years of manna are over. Now, I want to tell you a tremendous thing. The Midrash says another thing. The Jews, even Moshe Rabbeinu had died a month earlier. Why? Because everybody knows. Moshe died. When is the day that Moshe Rabbeinu passes away? The 7th of Adar. The 7th of Adar is the day that Moshe passed away. This is a month. We're fast forwarding a month Later, God, in the honor of Moshe, said, as long as the Jews have not entered the land of Israel, I'm not going to... A miracle happened, and the manna did not rotten. So, the... Um, now let's... This is very important. Baruch Hashem! Um, we are able in our lifetime also to enter the land of Israel. You just get on a non-stop Elal flight from LA. It's even easier. I envy the people in Europe, believe it or not, because it's so easy for them to get to Israel. It's like going from just a three, four hour flight. And imagine, now this, I wanted to talk a little about why the land of Israel is so holy and special. The land of Israel is so holy and special because it says, Tamid ene Hashem Which means what? God watches the land of Israel constantly. And imagine if you had a special dinner with the king. Nowadays, 
It's unfortunate people don't respect the president anymore, whether he's Democrat or Republican. The office of the presidency should have earned respect. But be that as it may, imagine up to 50 years ago where everybody used to respect the president. If you had a date with a state dinner with the president, you would dress to impress, you would prepare yourself. Same thing here. When we again have this awesome opportunity, everybody goes to the Kotel, which is the best thing to do the first place when you enter the land of Israel, you're going to the palace of God. That's why it's very important to prepare yourself, and some people even have a tradition, they go to the mikveh before they're about to get on the plane to go to the land of Israel. It's a holy place, it's a very special place. And I wanted to... I. I'm so lucky I have this book, this uh, library, virtual library called Otsar Chochma. I found a few very beautiful books on the Sefer Yehoshua. One of them is called Ayala Shalucha. If you want to learn the Navi inside, I highly recommend this Sefer. There's another Sefer called Imrei Chen. People were asking which um, books, holy books I used to prepare for the class. He brings a fascinating maral. Why did, why did Moshe, when we wanted to accept the Torah, give us a three-day to prepare? Why here again, Joshua, when he wants us to prepare to go into the holy land of Israel, where God bless my father's soul, he would tell me, and it's making me cry thinking about him, he only passed away a year and a half ago, when he would get off the plane, you remember in the olden days, gentlemen, the uh, flight didn't go on the flight deck, like the bridge, you would get off the steps, and my dad, he said the first thing when he would go on the runway in Ben-Gurion, he would kiss the floor. Because it's just like our Torah is holy, and like just like every Jew is holy, the land of Israel, every inch of it is holy and special. Now why do we need three days of preparation? Why not four days? Why not, why not five days? The Maharal says a beautiful idea. He says, There's a wonderful idea that says that a triple, a rope at a minimum always needs three threads. And if once you have three threads, it doesn't, the rope won't break easily. Which means very, very importantly, the Maharal says, look, the beginning of Judaism was Avraham, but his son Ishmael became wild and was thrown out of the nation of Israel. The second one was Yitzchak. He was the second in the chain. But again, he had Esav, which went off the derech and was a murderer and was unfortunately got kicked out. But who was the third one? Yaakov. Because it says, Ki Hashem Yaakov nachalato. It... Um, it compares the Jews to a rope. Yaakov is called Chevel Nachalato. And just like the third chain, link in the chain, made the chain of Judaism very strong, because Yaakov, none of his kids were perverted. All of his children became who? The Bnei Israel. So by the same token, you need three. Three is this golden Kabbalistic philosophical idea in Jewish mysticism. Three is the thing that if you prepare three properly, 
just like the third of the patriarchs was Yaakov, it's never going to go down the drain. And that's why, parenthetically, the Gemara says, we say this in Uvalet Sion every day. It says, Et hadavar asher samti bepicha, upizarecha, umipizera zaracha, amar Hashem atava ad olam. Every day we say what? It's the last chapter in Yeshaya, Isaiah. It says, the words of the Torah will be put in your mouth, in your children's mouth, and in your grandchildren's mouth, forever and ever. Which means, the Gemara says, once a father is a Sadiq, a Torah scholar, and his children and grandchildren follow in his place, forever and ever the Torah won't be forgotten from that family. And that's the three. When Three is like a chazaka. Three establishes a precedent. So that's why we had three days to prepare to enter the land of Israel. Just like we had three days to prepare. And the Maharal says another beautiful thing. Guess what? The Torah is given to us in the month of Sivan which is the third month after Nisan. Nisan is the first month. Iyar that we are right now. We're on the 25th of Iyar tonight, gentlemen and ladies. Then the third month is Sivan. And when we got the Torah, Baruch Hashem, even after 3,000 years, Moses' words, we're studying them right now. We're studying this, the words of his student. Again, that's three. When you prepare for something for three days... Those three, and by the way, when I was taking the CPA, it's also this is also a uh, been proven psychologically that your short term memory is the clearest in the three days. That's why when I was studying to take the CPA test, it says you need to review everything in the last three days because your short term memory is the strongest in the first three days. Anyways. We wanted to a little bit go deeper into what Israel means. Why is Israel so holy and special? And I have good news for you. This Friday is Yom Yerushalayim. It was that most auspicious day in modern history that God gave us back the heart of the Jewish nation. Yerushalayim is the light of our eyes. It's Orosh Olam. It's the heart of our nation. Every time we pray, we pray to Jerusalem. So again, it's befitting to talk about the land of Israel because... This Friday, Thursday night, is the anniversary of us getting back the old city of Jerusalem and the Kotel. Now, like I said, it says God's eyes is on the land of Israel from the beginning of the year till when? The end of the year. Which means that when you're standing in the land of Israel, it's like you're standing in the palace of God. Now, I want to ask you guys something. If we don't listen to the king, it's a much bigger chutzpah if you go in front of his palace, in front of his throne, and not listen to the king. This is, by the way, the meaning of last week's parsha, Behar. The reason why the Jews had to get kicked out of the land of Israel for, for thousands of years, we got exiled, is because if one sins in the privacy of his home, outside the palace, it's one thing. But if you spit, it, spit in front of the king's face, that's why, unfortunately, the land of Israel 
is very sensitive. Since God's Shekhinah, which means God's presence, you're like in front of the throne of the king. You're like in the king's palace. That's why we have to be much more careful when we live in the land of Israel or visit the land of Israel. We have to be more meticulous and careful not to sin. And I wanted to just talk about this idea. I know it's so painful not to see you guys and be together with the congregation face to face. But I wanted to tell you guys something. We have not had the synagogue for the last two months. The whole entire book of Vayikra was not um, read, unfortunately. From the beginning of Vayikra to last week, Bahar Bechukotai, and it could be that the Chavetz Chaim says something. He says, it's much worse to do a sin in the synagogue like we know. Tonight is the night of Yesod. Hod Shebe Yesod. This week, according to Kabbalah in the days of the Omer, is a day that we have to work on the Midah of Yesod. Sadiq Yesod Olam. The number one challenge we have not to sin is to use what? Our tongue properly, not to say Lashon Hara. Now the Chavetz Chaim says, saying Lashon Hara is terrible, character assassination. But it's much worse to say it in the synagogue, in the middle of reading the Torah. Because both, if when in the middle of reading the Torah, it could be, this is the punishment why our synagogues we weren't able to enter for the last two months. My wife was saying this. One of the 49 curses from last week is, I'm going to make desolate your holy places. And we weren't able to go and bring out the Torah and kiss the Torah and see the Shekhinah. Because, gentlemen, we have to know that it's terrible to say Lashon Hara, but to say it in a synagogue is much worse to say it on a weekday. To say it outside the synagogue. To say it on Shabbat is also worse. Why? Because according to Kabbalah, it says that what? According to Kabbalah, it says that the... Um, We're learning this in Dafyomi right now. That we're not allowed to light fire. Now of course we're not allowed to light fire, but Kabbalistically, deeper meaning is you shouldn't light the fire of sin, the Shalah HaKadosh says based on the Zohar. Which means the day of Shabbat is a day of holiness. It's the most important day that we have to do what? Be, do Lashon HaTov. Tell your family... And everybody, I love you. Speak Torah. Speak Kiyash Merah Shabbat. So that's the same thing as Israel, guys. The same way that it's a much bigger sin to sin, say Lashon Hara on Shabbat in the synagogue. The same thing is much worse to do that in the Holy Land of Israel. The Holy Land of Israel is the palace of God. And... Going on to the next point, then in the next part of the Navi, we know that before, in, if you go back, if you have a Torah in front of you, please look this up. In, in Parashat Matot Mas'eh, 
two and a half of the tribes of the Jews start prematurely, they settle into the Transjordan, the other side of the Yarden River. They start the Shevet God and Menashe and Reuben. They tell Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, we have a lot of cattle and livestock and we would like to do what? We would like to settle in the Transjordan. Moshe Rabbeinu makes a t'nai with them. Moshe Rabbeinu makes a condition with them and he says, I will only let you starting to prematurely live on this side of the Jordan River that's like in modern day Jordan and not in the land of Israel, only on condition that you promise that when Joshua, when the Jews want to enter the land and to conquer the land, you guys are going to be at the head of the army. Because guess what? The symbol of the tribe of God is the troops. Now I want to tell you something very controversial. They say possibly that Taliban, when they study Quran, they... Shaka, like when we learn Gemara. It could be they're from the lost tribe of God. That's why, think about it. The Russians tried to destroy them. The Americans have been fighting there since the year 2001. September 11th. And still they haven't been able to conquer them. It could be they're from the lost line of Taliban, from the tribe of God. Not God, G-O-D, but G-A-D. And Jacob and Moshe blessed them that they should be very powerful troops. So Moshe said, if you want to settle on this side of the river and not enter the land of Israel, right? you have to promise that your men will be part of the army. So Moshe, Yehoshua, Joshua sent messengers to the tribe of what? Menashe, Reuven, and the tribe of God. And this is very interesting. Only half, <coughs> only half of the tribe of God, uh, Menashe, settled outside in the Transjordan. The other half of the tribe, they actually went ahead and s- settled with the rest of the Jews in the Holy Land, on the other side of the river. So when the tribes, the two and a half tribes, got the message from Joshua, guess what they told him? They said, "We for sh- you did not have to remind us. We are ethical. We have integrity. Of course we're going to join you in three days when you guys want to pass over. Because guys, you have to imagine what's happening. Nine and a half of the tribes of, of the Jews were living like in tents, like they did in the Sinai Desert. So just imagine that. But two and a half of the tribes are already building houses on the other side of the river. So Joshua had to remind them that, hey, don't get too comfortable. Your men are going to have to join us in war and cross the river. They said, of course, we agree that we're going to. And they even said something else. They said, of course, we're going to keep our promise. And whoever disobeys you, Joshua, deserves the death penalty. So, um, I wanted to mention something I forgot to say. Another reason we're going to learn God willing next week or the following week, 
Another reason why it was very important that the Jews prepare themselves three days and therefore for them to be cognizant and aware that they're about to enter the Holy Land of Israel is because God was going to do a miracle similar to the splitting of the Red Sea. I'm shocked and I feel ashamed. I didn't know this till a few years ago when I was learning Dafyomi. Did you know that God made a tremendous miracle? In the time of Joshua, the Jordan River was like the size of the Mississippi River. It was a very, very large and wide river and very deep river. Not, not unfortunately, now that the Mashiach is not here and we don't have our holy temple, the land of Israel is very substandard. Hopefully, this suffering that the whole world is going through is going to bring Mashiach. And you're going to see the land of Israel is going to be like the Gan Eden, all the prophets predicted. And what's going to happen is that the Jordan River is going to become like a sea, like the Sea of Galilee. And guess what? In the time of Joshua, this it was a very, very, very big miracle. Just like the Red Sea split in front of Moshe, guess what? The Jordan River, which was also a big and long and wide river, split in front of the Jews. It was impossible to get to the other side without a boat. So again, the Jews had to prepare themselves for seeing a great miracle. And I just wanted to mention amazing Khatam Sofer that I saw brought down in the Sefer Ayala Shalucha. And this is very important. Please keep this in mind when you learn. God willing, we'll be back in Shul, hopefully. <laughs> oh God, please, by the parsha of Matot Mas'eh. The Khatam Sofer asks a wonderful question. He says, Why did Moses put half of the tribe of Menashe inside the other side of the river, Transjordan? They never asked to be part of that group. If you read the Torah very carefully and specifically, the tribe of Reuven and the tribe of God asked Moshe Rabbeinu, that they should inherit and get the land on the Transjordan, where modern Jordan is. So why did Moshe Rabbeinu tell half of the tribe of Menashe to join them? And that brings us to tonight. Tonight is the night of Yesod. Kabbalistically, the Khatam Sofer says that the tribe of Yosef is a very holy tribe. And Moshe Rabbeinu was worried that the two tribes of Reuven and God, which were not the most righteous tribes, they would get prone to idol worship or they would go off the derech. They would be, you know, in a danger of losing their relationship with the Shekhinah. So the tribe of Yosef, which is a righteous tribe, is the tribe of Yehoshua, he said to them, what? And I'll read for you verbatim. He says, So he says, basically, since the children of Yosef, see, it's no coincidence that the land of Israel was started, like we said last week, by Yehoshua. Because Yehoshua was supposed to be Mashiach ben Yosef, 
And Yehoshua is a reincarnation Kabbalistically of who? Of Yosef himself. Jacob's 11th son. Because Yesod is a foundation. God, when He gave us the land of Israel, He said, this is going to be yours forever. But, I don't want the tribe of Reuven and God for them to become Goyim. Because they're the, on, on the other side of the river. And like I explained to you a second ago, this river was like a Mississippi River. It was a major lake. So, the Khatam Sofer explains that the tribe of Menashe, half of them would be on the other side of the river, half of them would be on this side of the river. It would be a spiritual bridge that, that these two, two tribes of Menashe, and I'm sorry, the tribe of Reuven and the tribe of God would be connected to the land. They would, because every, we have to know that Jerusalem. And the other side of Jordan is much more holier, is much more special. It's where the whole community is. God bless the soul of my Rosh Hashiva, of Weinberg. All these people, and unfortunately, I have a neighbor right here down the street, a couple of Israeli people. Anytime a Jew is not part of the synagogue or in a congregation, sooner or later, God forbid, they get assimilated. We need each other. We Jews need each other. We need to be community. We need to pray together, learn together, um, give each other chizuk. When we're far away from each other, when the, you know, when Jews, the beginning of the end of the Jews is when they're not part of a synagogue and a community anymore, and then they forget their roots. So the Khatam Sofer says so beautifully, the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu said, you Menashe, you go be like the Mashkiach. You go be like the guardian angel over Reuven and God, so God forbid they don't get assimilated and become like the Goyim. And since half of the, your tribe anyways, half of your family is on the other side of the Jordan River, God willing, you that half of the tribe will both be Midat HaYesod. They'll be part of the foundation. And forever and ever, they'll stay holy and loyal to the Torah of God. Okay? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining. We will uh, continue, God willing, next week. Wednesday night is Zera Shimshon. And um, have a wonderful, wonderful night. And a wonderful, wonderful... Tomorrow night, by the way, is a very important night in the days of the Omer. It's Yesod Shavi Yesod, foundation of foundation. And it's a very special day to work to become a Sadiq and become pure. May Hashem help us be well. Good night.